We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome into another Pack-A-Day Podcast episode. Familiar names, familiar voices between Janelle and I, but Dan Kotnick is out of commission today, Janelle. Uh, He messaged us earlier in the day saying he has the flu. Your your thoughts on the day after the Super Bowl, the day after the Super Bowl, having the flu, what are your thoughts? I wonder what kind of flu he's running. Like, did he, is it the kind of flu where he had too much fun at the Super Bowl party yesterday and he's actually just hungover, you know, or is he actually sick? I mean, there is the bug going around again, or is he just kind of in those post-football blues and just kind of needed a recovery day? It's really hard to say. For sure. I mean, it could be a coronavirus situation, but actually <laughs> legitimately drinking Coronas. Like, it, I don't, but Dan's been reliable in the past, so I'll give him a break. Um, if he is taken, you know, I've always felt the Monday after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday, along with a few other sporting events, I guess, like post days. I do feel the first two opening rounds of uh, March Madness on that Thursday, Friday should be vacation days and holidays, but... Dan setting the precedent early, so I'm sure he's listening. He definitely got his points across. Very briefly, we'll make sure to mention those on this episode. But like I said, this is the Pack-A-Day podcast, episode 559. Still running strong into the offseason. We are on breakdown episode number six, talking about the defensive line, defensive tackles, defensive ends. So before we get into it, Janelle, let's let's kind of just map out the players. I was listening to the episode earlier in the week um, on the tight ends that Jason did. 
along with his partner. And uh, James Looney was a player that was on the defensive line, transitioned to tight end at some point in the year. They, they kind of debated whether or not he'll get some snaps in you know training camp there. I, I think it's just kind of an interesting thing to transition a player there, especially when they had depth at tight end. So we'll see what happens there. But definitely thinning out the defensive line um, as we'll get further into the discussion. Next player on the list, kind of working our way at maybe the bottom of the depth chart to the top, Kinsley Kiki, a rookie who we saw some meaningless snaps from at you know games. I kind of think of the Niners game. He had a few plays uh, when the, the game was out of reach. That's a player that I'm looking towards for next year. Next on the list would be Montrevious Adams. Thought we would have a bigger year from him. We'll get into him a little bit later. Uh, the defensive end out of Auburn. Uh, working our way up, uh, more notable names, Tyler Lancaster, Dean Lowry, and, of course, Kenny Clark. Oh, I, I did forget to mention Fed Brown, but I think he might just not make it to minicamp or training camp. I don't see him really making the roster, but I would be remiss not to mention Mr. Brown. So, obviously, Janelle, I think I speak for you and Dan. We know who the top talent, and all Packer fans on this uh, this lineup, that's Kenny Clark, but... Any player that I mentioned, Janelle, on the current roster, there are no practice squad players on the defensive line. Um, any player, though, that I mentioned that you were a little disappointed in by this year, a little um, you know, surprised by, what are, what are your thoughts leaving the 2019 season recapping the defensive linemen? I mean, I guess I would have to go with more disappointment because uh, there's three guys who I thought performed the way we thought they would and then one who's a rookie, so... Didn't expect to see much from him. So that leaves Matravius Adams, who, I mean, I read an article, I think it's from July of 2019, and it's titled, How Matravius Adams Went from Bust to Most Improved on Packers D. But that's not something that I feel like he brought to the team this year. Like, if he was most improved, I don't feel like it carried on. So I feel like he's on this roller coaster on his career of like what he can bring and can he do it consistently? Cause he had what, like four tackles this year. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, he kind of just like melted into the team. Like didn't really hear him. He just kind of disappeared and was in the shadows. And if he was there, you didn't really notice him unless he did something, which he really didn't do much of. So I can't even think of a time where I was like, wow, look at that. He really stepped up. It's just, I don't know. It's kind of disappointing. Somebody who we've been so excited about and just can't seem to get like what we think his top talent is showing on the field. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wanted to leave it open there. You know, if there was anyone that surprised you or disappointed you, and I, I, it would be tough to find someone that had our ears perk up a little bit other than Kenny Clark. Um, there was really no flashes of athleticism. There was no, you know, huge plays. You know, like we said, Montrevious Adams played sparingly. Kinsley Kiki didn't know much either, but yeah, I, I, I didn't know the article was back in July. I knew it was sometime in the summer, Janelle, but I, I appreciate you bringing that article up. I, you know, I do recall Montrevious Adams, they talked about how they being beat writers and just the team in general saying how they thought he was going to take a huge step uh, in the 2019 season, kind of fill in that role when Mike Daniels was let go. And that almost, it seemed like it opened doors for him at least to, you know, compete in a rotation. And we never really saw that. It's it's kind of disappointing because the opportunity was there. It's not like he had to fight around too much. And, you know, you're, you're going up against a rookie, essentially, uh, in Kinsley Kiki, a guy like Tyler Lancaster as well, who's just kind of just a piece. I would agree that's that's someone I, I would consider extremely disappointing. Hopefully he'll have a better 2020 campaign, but um, he didn't do himself any favors, that's for sure. You know, we talked about 
uh, Dean Lowry a little bit here and Tyler Lancaster. Those are two guys, in my opinion, Janelle, that I think are solid. Like Dean Lowry draft-wise was always such a like great value. Is Coming off his 2018 campaign, I, just, I remember he was kind of a little glimmer of hope on the defense, even though there wasn't much there at times. But he was able to set the edge pretty well, have some run D. But is it just me or like – did he not have enough help for himself? Did he play too much? Was it when he did play in 2018, he was used so sparingly that he was not as fatigued? He had more stamina? Like, what What am I missing with Dean Lowry? And then Tyler Lancaster, I guess two questions. What am I missing with Dean Lowry? And is T- Tyler Lancaster a starter on this team? With Dean Lowry, obviously, he did get his big paycheck. So, And the team seemed really happy about that. They seemed like he really earned that. Um, I think because we were talking – before we started recording, really the linebackers affect where these guys end up. So we talked about what schemes they're running. So I think Lowry is definitely the number two on this line right now, and he's proven that, which is how he got his big paycheck. And But I think Lancaster, for being somebody who isn't, like, a big name, but he's a solid guy on the team. Like, I feel like he goes out there, does what he needs to do, and – Still a lot of learning to go with both him and Lowry and even Clark. Like, they're all pretty uh, young in their positions. So it's it's hard to say because this position can be so hard to just track stats. And, I mean, he did get a sack and forced fumble. So he's out there at least making a difference at some point. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, especially because, like we said, it's, it's hard to say – what they'll do when the depth on the D-line is so shallow. Like, it's not like they're really competing with anyone. Now, if they're competing with more guys, maybe it skews the way that you think about his talent. But when when you only have so many to pick from, it's kind of like, well, yeah, I would take him because he looks good out there compared to what we have sitting on the bench. Yeah, and what you let off with too is just like Tyler Lancaster He's not flashy. He's solid, right? Like that's what you said. And that's exactly what yeah. I felt about Dean Lowry. Like that was, that's who I thought he was. And he is like, don't get me wrong, but like, I feel like Tyler Lancaster, we just saw him play more because he had to play. Like there wasn't, he had, you know, two younger guys behind him. He's it, it just like, it was out of necessity where I felt like Dean Lowry kind of worked himself in there in his earlier years and earned that paycheck. Like you, like you discussed. So, you know, I, I think Dean Lowry, you know, if we're looking towards this 2020 campaign, like I think he does have an opportunity to make the team, obviously make the team. Like you said, he's the number two defensive lineman. I don't think that that's really a question at this point, just based off of production and that they've paid him. Everyone else on that we've discussed so far, I don't see them making the team. I've already, you know, we've already talked about James Looney. He's on the other side of the ball. Fat L. Brown, like probably already has his you know, it's condo up for sale, I would imagine. So it's really comes down to then like the two younger project guys. And we mentioned Montrevious Adams already, who again, disappointing, didn't like to see what we, you know, he had, he only played about 20% of the, um, actually it was 18% of the uh, defensive snaps this year. Kinsley Kiki played about half of that at nine. So those are the two guys I'm really looking to see make a big jump next year. Janelle Kiki, as I said, has he had some plays here and there. There was a few instances where I think Kenny Clark was maybe banged up, and then Zadarius Smith had to be spelled, and that was really the only time I saw Kinsley Kiki on the field. So really good talent. There's a lot of good things said about him in training camp, and that he was just a competitor. But if you, from what we saw this year, and I know the hype was really high on Montrevious Adams and 
Kinsley Kiki, I think there's some definitely talent to be groomed there. I mean, he's a rookie. Is Are either of those guys, do you think, you know, are they going to be starters this next year? Do you see them making an impact? Do you see them even getting a, a contract extension like Dean Lowry? Do you, between the two of them, do you see that happening? I mean, Montrevious Adams, no, I don't. Lancaster has made more of a case for himself, but I still just don't see it enough. And at the same time, though, it's hard. There's not a guy over 25 on the DL. So it's kind of like, do you just, are you waiting for like the veteran side of them to show up and like kind of grow into their position? Like, or have we waited long enough? Is like a couple years enough to kind of prove yourself in this spot? So it's, it's also tough when like Kenny Clark at like 24, I think he's 24, has to be kind of like the veteran in his position on that line. Like he has to be, uh, the captain right there like you have your linebackers of course but when it comes to these five guys he's kind of the one that kind of sets the tone so it's like I don't know it's it's tough when they're all so young and it's like do you want to wait for them or are you going to go chase younger talent or maybe like do you want somebody with a little bit more experience it's really tough to say because you and I were looking into that free agency pool and there's a lot of them available so it's like would they cut a young guy who's like 24 who could have potential and go chase somebody who has proven their potential. So it's, there's just so many questions up in the air and it's really tough when you have such a small sample size of what we have here. And it's like Kenny and Lowry are really the only solid guy, like they're for sure roster spots. And the other three, it's kind of like you have no idea where they'll be or what they'll do. And Kiki being a rookie Will he be here after his rookie year or, like, after his uh, rookie contract is up? Will we see him more so he can try and prove that? Yeah, it's it's interesting that I don't think there's a lot of talent, like, productivity that we saw in the field. But at the same point, they kind of are in a spot where it's like, well, you invested in these young guys. Like, you mentioned, like, all these guys are what? No, no one's older than 25 or 26. Like, so you're clearly, like, building for the future. Tyler Lancaster's deal is up after the 2020 – or after this coming season. Um, actually, excuse me, he's a – agent going into next year so I mean he's a guy that they could cut I don't think there's any cap hit there so they could definitely get rid of him that wouldn't be an issue I don't I, I think he's probably the guy um, on the outside looking in just because you've invested some playing time and some reps in Montrevious Adams Kinsley Kiki is a rookie and I think he's just a, a body that you're going to want to develop a little bit more I, I think he's athletic he can he can make plays I think there's more he's got he's definitely got stuff to prove. So it's interesting because there's only, you know, six or seven guys on the roster, but you really are invested in the young guys and I don't think it's really like clean house and you just start over with, you know, three guys or four guys that you have. So I think they're gonna if it were me, I would work Montrevious Adams a little bit more, let him know that he is a starter. I mean, mind you, let's let's remember that Mike Daniels was cut later in the year last year. No one really knew that was going to happen, so Montrevious was thrusted into maybe getting more of that opportunity, learning the playbook more, the scheme. Um, in addition to that, like uh, Mike Daniels, like that that pretty much thrusted Kenny Clark in having to be the guy in the defensive line. You talked about Janelle Howe. He was actually 23 going into that season, and he, instead of having to play maybe one position, he lined up everywhere. He was on the end. He was at nose tackle. He was playing like the two-down lineman set as well. Um, 
it's just they kind of put him at, at they kind of handicapped him in my opinion. They didn't have guys to play next to him that could open up lanes. He was getting double teamed all the time. I mean, we saw that multiple times in the playoffs, um, in lesser competition. I love referencing that Redskins game where they were just pounding the rock with old Adrian Peterson and Dwayne Haskins was you know, injured with his ankle and they were still able to run the ball knowing what's going to happen. Um, so I think, I think you and I and every Packer fan that watched the season and the playoffs knows they have to make an improvement on the D line. Like there's not enough talent there, whether it was scheme or what have you, like there was just, there's not enough talent there. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit, Janelle. First, let's, you know, I guess before we get that far, Kenny Clark, um, his contract is up after the 2020 season. He's set to make about 8 million this year. Um, as you know, our, our feeler fearless, and I say fearless cause I'm assuming he's slightly, maybe just, you know, hung over or has the flu. I'm going to go with the flu still. I, I think he's fearless and he would, he would have battled through even if it was just a little hangover. I think he's done that. But as he referenced, uh, Kenny Clark, I said, Dan, just give us, you know, give us your tidbits. We'll read them on air. He says, Kenny Clark gets whatever he wants, money, cars, houses, key of the city, all of that. I have to agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I would give him a dog or whatever, you know, cat. Maybe he's a cat guy. Like, I, do, it's tough to disagree with that, right? I mean, you, there has, I mean, there's a certain point. I mean, twenty million, fifteen million. I think that's breaking the bank. But Kenny Clark has to be resigned, correct? Exactly. And you don't like this isn't a guy you push off to the fifth year option. Like, you sign him now, give him his money, make him happy, and just get the contract out of the way so you can keep moving forward. Like this man, this man deserves it. Just don't don't mess around with it. Just get it done and pay the man. I agree, and I I was thinking just on the drive home, like from work today, I'm like, is there another player on the roster that you know the Packers tend to sign guys like ahead of time before the market starts going crazy. Um, you know, from free agency, they like to get that out of the way, especially like maybe the first month after the season's out, but. Is there anyone else in the roster that I couldn't think of that has a contract issue, like where they're trying to sign them ahead of time? I think Blago was one, um, but you know, someone where they're trying to catch it before they hits the open market, or they're going to be a free agent um, after the 2020 season. Like I couldn't think of one. Like I think, as far as youth goes, talent, um, you know, productivity, and you know where they're in their contract. I think Tenny Clark has to be your number one priority going into the off season as far as what's on the roster. So. Uh, we're establishing Kenny Clark, according to Dan's getting a boathouse. He's, um, you know, he's going to get a, a, a penthouse in Lambeau field. They're going to build it. They're actually doing construction and money and, you know, a whole gang of, of whatever he needs and a fleet of cars. But after that, Janelle, the Packers got to do some work in the off season, right? I mean, there's, there's no question. Um, the only question is where are they going to establish? Are they going to do it in the draft? Or are they going to do it in free agency? Um, I think let's start, you know, with free agency, you said you were looking at the pool, as was I. There's about 100 players available right now um, that are, you know, free agents. Some that probably aren't going to be in NFL rosters next year. Some that are going to get resigned to their active team or for cheap. And then there's some that are going to go out and get, you know, huge money. Jadavion Clowney being one. Um, Yannick Nagakwe. And we had to talk about the... Yeah, we, we li- <laughs> exactly. Isn't it? It's like, it's deja vu. We did this last year. And we were looking at the same stuff. We're like, He's no, Clowney's going to get too much. <laughs> Yeah, still number one. I mean, and and granted, he's an offense. I mean, he's an outside linebacker, more of a DN and a four three. So like, he's not really, a, you know, applicable to this conversation. But it is still the defensive side of the ball. It is someone that plays in the front seven. 
um, on the edge too. So, um, you know, the guys that are looking for, you know, 15, 20 million, they're going to go get their money. Um, Chris Jones being one, um, coming off a Super Bowl victory for the the Kansas City Chiefs, he's looking about ni- getting about 19 million, and he's more of the traditional um, comparison I would give Kenny Clark is that defensive end, kind of athletic, can stop the run, you know, uh, stretch plays at the outside, set the edge. So, um, where, what, like, are there any players you're seeing in free agency, Janelle, that are going to be there? Is there any, um, you know, I know the, the draft's far away and it's tough to know all the players, and I'm still getting comfortable with them on the defensive line. Are, is there anyone out there that you're seeing right now that they should make maybe an acquisition for, someone to have on their radar, anything you're looking at that way to, to boost this um, porous defensive line? Um, well, kind of like before we were talking, I read that article about – moving Zadarius into the inside linebacker helped open up a lane for Kenny. So I think maybe you don't even have to focus on a defensive lineman. Maybe you find kind of like you want just a big guy or like get an inside linebacker that's going to help take pressure off of Kenny. I think that's the big thing, like finding someone who can line up next to him that's also going to draw attention so that Kenny's not getting doubled. Like, move the attention off of Kenny a little bit, and then Kenny is going to break through a lot easier. Like, his game explodes when Zadarius moves inside. It just opens up so many more lanes for him because Z brings more attention, so they focus more on him because he's been the big playmaker on defense this year. And then all of a sudden, Kenny gets a better chance at getting to the quarterback. So I don't even know if you need to chase defensive linemen specifically. Just alter who you have lining up next to him. See, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, I, I think Kenny Clark getting double teamed was happening a lot. And I don't – like, do you really want to move to I, – I know what you're talking about. Like, Zedarius was good, like, when they moved him around. But, like, don't you want him to play in his natural position? Like, you don't want to have him have to put his hand – like, his hand oh, in no, the dirt. Absolutely. You don't want to have to move him around a lot. Like, Keep Zedarius where he is. Find somebody else to jump into that spot where Zedarius was okay. moving. Yeah, I got so you. I got So you want – you're looking for, like, an athletic person, that big body. Got it. Yeah, keeps Zadarius where he belongs, but you could see that difference when he was moving inside. It it didn't work as well for him. Like, you could tell that he struggled a little bit more on that inside line. But if you can find somebody who is a better inside linebacker to come in there, leave Z outside, and then Kenny up the middle, like, it'll kind of switch the focus of who they want to pay attention to. Sure, I got you, I got you. I understand. So yeah, no. I, I, I agree with that more, then. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that more. Like, it's got to be someone athletic. I think Kenny Clark fits the bill of being an athletic um, defensive lineman, but um, I look at it two ways, Janelle, and I, I think I'm I'm coming from the camp that they just need a fat guy, and I'm not body shaming or anything like that, but they just need they need someone to fill. You look at the productive Packers defenses maybe the last 20 years since I started really heavily watching football. I remember the likes of uh, Grady Jackson. I remember the likes of Gilbert Brown. Uh, Howard Green in that Super Bowl run, uh, B.J. Raji, uh, Johnny. I don't know if Johnny Jolly was like a really big body, but he's just a fun name, just always throw in there as a defensive lineman. But they need a guy that can fill, just just fill. You need someone who can take up space that you have to double team, not because he's such a dynamic player, but just because he's that massive. Like you need two guys to move him. Um, So the first, yeah, you want the jelly. Of the defensive line, you want somebody that's gonna fill, like. Yeah, I want, I want, yeah, I want the custard. Like, I'm not looking for the frosting or the sprinkles. Like, it can just be a, 
it just a jelly-filled donut. Like, I don't even care what's on the outside. It could be really terrible dough. Like, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't even have to be rolled in sugar. I just want something thick that's gonna clog up arteries, essentially. So, uh, the player that I look to, um, one of the players that is is uh, someone that our co-host or co contributor uh, Maggie Looney had mentioned on the Cheesehead TV article she wrote last week. Uh, she talked about five players she thought the Packers should go after, all from different positions, which was great. Um, but the one she mentioned that I think fits the bill that I'm talking about is Michael Pierce, the defensive tackle uh, from the Baltimore Ravens. He is a free agent set, you know, according to projected market value, set to make about $5 million, which I think is completely – an okay amount of money to spend. Packers have spent money worse. Jimmy Graham. Um, he's six foot, 350, 27 years old. Um, doesn't have a ton of flashy stats by any means. If you look at it statistically, I think he had like a half a sack and, you know, but he just, he just takes up space. Um, so he's someone I would think they would want to look at. Uh, another local product from Wisconsin. Um, he played at Homestead from Mequon, Wisconsin to Shelby Harris. A um, little bit slimmer. I think he'd fit more of like the B.J. Raji um, body type. Uh, but that'd be someone, I think, from the Broncos that they might sign. Um, outside of that, maybe Jordan Phillips. He's looking to make about $6 million, similar to that Michael Pierce range. But um, I did actually go into the list, Janelle. Uh, Eric Armstead was one. Um, the Niner, he's he's just a big, massive body. I think he's like 6'6", 6'7". So he could fill in a little bit, a little bit underproductive than what he's was thought to be um, being such a high draft pick. But, you know, those are names that I'm throwing out there, Janelle. There's other, like, maybe to fit, fit your role that you're discussing. Um, uh, Leonard Williams might be one. Um, he's a player that I think the Packers have always had their eye on. Um, just kind of that athletic D-end. Uh, let's see. He's I think he's set to make, they said, around $8 million, $9 million, which seemed kind of low to me, being only like 25, 26. So, um, do any of those names sound good to you, Janelle? Are you st- you, know, you thinking? Do you need the custard guy or do you need the flashy sprinkle guy? Like, where, where do you where are you sitting? Are there any names other than what I've mentioned that you're um, that you're thinking? Honestly, whoever can hop in and stop the run at this point will satisfy me. I do like um, you bringing up Michael Pierce, especially coming from a team that's obviously showed that they were very good this year, and he's affordable, which is good, and like. If we can't get that inside linebacker-esque that I would prefer, then, yeah, get that big boy in there and just disrupt the offense and just be something that's in the way. Make it hard. Like, don't be something that they can run around. Be a big guy in there and take up space, close gaps. Like, honestly, the gap. Just find somebody that's going to close the gap, please. Because that was, like, that took years off my life. Yeah, you just let them go through the middle. There's nothing. There's no big bodies there. Um, I think it's it's a great argument to have, Janelle. I'm actually going to bring this up to uh, – I said I was talking to a friend of mine about just the defensive line position and getting prepped for this um, this podcast. But I think you bring up a good point. Like the Packers have played a lot of um, uh, you know hybrid defenses running more traditional – or not traditional, um, obscure like defensive fronts. Like you said, Darius Smith was hand in the dirt at times. I'm only running two defensive linemen. So maybe that is a – Maybe that's a you know approach they take is finding someone a little more athletic. Um, I you know I I think Kenny Clark is very athletic, but they definitely could find a you know a different body, a little longer body that can um you know just move around. They can use another piece. Um, and I think 
Mike Pettin has definitely shown that that he's willing to move players in different spots. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I guess it, it, they have to add someone, Janelle. I think everyone's agreeing with that, but it's a matter if it's a run stuffer, a 350-pound guy, or someone that maybe it's a little more fleet of foot um, that you're probably going to have to pay more for, I would imagine. Um, I, I, I think. I could be wrong, but I, normally I just feel like that's usually what happens. Someone a little more athletic you have to pay more money towards. Um you know, that's the free agency look. Janelle, draft time, it's February, just barely. We're barely in draft mode. I've watched next to no draft analysis um, other than, you know, what who the top maybe 15 guys are on there either side of the ball. Defensive line, I know there's a few up at the top, but is there any name that you're thinking that Mid-Packers might grab? They tend to do draft yeah, defensive linemen um, early good. on, so is there anyone that you're seeing? Do they even bother? I don't know, I guess we're still waiting to see if that works out. But like just looking at the Janelle, that's that a negative really that's something negative. I would say. I that was very negative. I think that's like that's that's odd that's not a character for you. Are getting all over the place. Like you're Dan today. It's I'm true though. And I guess I'm just not here. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I don't know. It's like looking at the the thirty two prospects that I see is not any big names that I really heard, like I told you, for some reason Jordan Elliott's the only name that I'm truly familiar with. Don't even know why. Maybe somebody posted something. I read an article. I don't know. He's a Missouri guy. But I don't have enough knowledge on these guys. I haven't, like you said, Super Bowl was yesterday as we're recording this, so not super into draft mode yet. But mm-hmm. maybe – dig into these guys I don't know it's just not any they have uh Derek Brown from Auburn says he's gonna go number four overall that's their prediction and it's kind of just like I don't even know if I really know who he is because the way I think of defensive linemen is like the libero in volleyball they do a lot of the dirty work and really don't get any of the credit okay so it's like even though this guy could be really really good that's a good you never hear about him because he might just be blocking somebody and then somebody else gets to go around, get the sack, get the interception, get the fumble. Like he's out there doing the dirty work maybe. And somebody else gets the credit, which is kind of how I see like Kenny Clark. Truthfully, I see Kenny Clark as being like a libero. He does a lot of the dirty work and then Zadarius or Preston just get to the quarterback faster. Or, I mean, they're not like Blake Martinez, what, didn't he set the, the Packer? Or did yeah. he lead the league in tackles this year or set the Packer record? Like, they're not putting an asterisk next to his name and, like, a holding hands emoji with Kenny Clark. Like, no one's remembering Kenny Clark. Like, he had to do the dirty work to clear up the space for Blake Martinez. And, yeah, no, I that's a that's a decent comparison. I like I like the uh, I like the blend of your sports knowledge. Like like you said, though, Derek, Derek Brown, I know of the name. Um but again, like after that, like it's pretty up in the air for me. I know, like I see an Alabama uh, Raquan Davis, like one well, Alabama defensive lineman. That's always going to be good. Like uh, there's a few other guys, uh, uh, Tadaryl Slayton from Florida. I do recognize the name. Like you said, yeah, I don't know why I remember Elliott from Missouri. Something. I think someone must have posted something like that. But yeah, middle middle round guy. I mean, he might be good, six four, three fifteen, but. I do look for them to, you know, an added player, Janelle. Do you, I guess real quick, are they going first round, second round, third round, fourth round, third day? Like, do, where do you think how, – how big of a priority is it in 
uh, the draft for the Packers to address? I would because oh, I'm just thinking like they're either going to hopefully take – well, I would truthfully like them to chase a receiver in free agency because I really think that they've got some receivers that okay. I'd like to see some better in receivers. So maybe they end up taking one of these guys in the first round because they get a receiver. But if they chase a defensive lineman in free agency, then I think maybe their needs for it in the draft drop and they take a receiver before they chase the defense. So it really depends on which side of the ball they chase heavily in free agency because last year they chased pretty heavily on the defense. I think, as we saw, I think Billy Turner, the only – offensive free agency signing so I don't know it's there's just so many different marbles out there like I I really truly would like them to chase wide receivers more in free agency I think there's a lot of good veterans and then get one of these younger guys but at the same time our line is already so young you kind of want them to go get somebody with a little bit more that's the issue is that our line is so young (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually on the opposite. Yeah, right. I'm on the opposite end. Like you said, they've invested talent in it. Um, whether it's been early or late, I don't think that really matters. But they've invested young talent. It's really young. I think they got to get a veteran um, in the free agency. Um, no more project guys. And the receiving core, I definitely think needs a veteran. I will agree. But I just think we saw this last year. Like the receivers that were getting paid – like Cole Beasley's of the world, Adam Humphreys, like these guys are getting like $10, $11 million, and like I'm not paying those guys that much money. And you will hear me, Janelle, until after the draft, talking about the depth at the receiver position in the draft. Um, I truly believe there's going to be about five, six, or seven of them picked in the first round. So I think it's very off-brand for the Packers to pick a receiver in the first round. However, I could see it happening, but it, it – I think it's receiver, I mean, if we're going to go big picture here, I think it's receiver or defensive lineman in the first round, possibly inside linebacker if they find someone there. But, um, yeah, I, I think either way I'm cool with it. But um, they definitely need to address defensive line in the draft um, and and maybe free agency. Get get a get a veteran there that's, you know, <laughs> is able to rent a car. I mean, because most of these guys are under 25, so that's not really working. But I think they need, yeah, like you said, I think there's they need some veterans and – I'd be okay. Um, just just add a piece. You know, they're gonna they're definitely gonna be, you know, slimming down the roster a little bit. It's really not that much depth there. So, um, any last thoughts on the defensive line, Janelle, for the 29 season, or even looking towards yeah, next year I or anything in between? If they keep Montrevious Adams, that he doesn't turn out to just be a bust, and this just turns out to be a bad year for him. I hope that if they decide to move forward with him, that it's because they see a lot of potential that maybe we don't get to see because all we see is 60 minutes of football every week. So hopefully if they decide to stick with him, he really proves himself this year because otherwise it's just going to be a waste of a spot and it's going to be really disappointing. Yeah, I think he, um, I think he's actually going to you know, live up to those expectations this year. Uh, we've seen time and time again, I should have referenced this earlier when you said that from July, but we've countless times have, there's been training camp heroes, mini camp heroes. Um, I think of like, uh, uh, Jamon Moore, I believe was one, uh, Josh Jones was one at one point. So that, that just cause you're performing in, you know, 
shells and uh, shorts and tennis shoes doesn't mean it's going to translate to when you strap it up and you know line up against some big other linemen. So I can't believe I haven't mentioned the word trenches yet doing this whole episode. That's usually like my buzzword I like to get off anytime I talk about offensive line or defensive line. So yeah, tre- trenches. There, there's an extra one there. But um, uh, we appreciate you guys listening to Pack a Day Podcast 559, uh, number six episode of breaking down just the Packers season and position groups. Um, as always, follow Packaday Podcast on Twitter. That's where most of us do our damage and connect with everyone and throw ideas out. Um, there's going to be a ton of ideas right now between free agency, um, draft time, and just you know looking ahead, trying to build that best 53-man roster. So please follow us on there and all the contributors. Um, as always, please subscribe to our podcast. We want to be able to um, you know give you guys some daily Packer news without you guys subscribing. So please do that on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you um, wherever you listen to podcasts. Janelle, I think Alexa still will let you play her or let, let you play the Pack-A-Day podcast if you ask her, I, I believe. So um, feel free to do that if you're privileged enough to have one of those items in your home. But um, Dan couldn't join us today, but you can always follow him on Twitter. That's at uh, DK all the way. That's D-K-A-L-L-T-H-E-W-A-Y. Uh, send him a message, let him know that you're thinking about him without him being in this episode, and razz him about his coronavirus. Uh, Janelle, where can, um, you can find me uh, at Packer Big fans Mac connect with you on Twitter? Four. And speaking of Dan, he did also just give us a little update as we're recording this episode that Willie Wood, Willie Wood has passed away. Very sad. 83, 83 years old, I'm just kind of reading. Um, played for the Packers from 1960 to 1971. He was part of Super Bowl one and it said he has the second rank in team history with 48 career interceptions um, and his biggest interception occurred on the fourth play of the second half of Super Bowl one and served to turn a close game into a route as the Packers made history with their 35 to 10 triumph over Kansas City Chiefs which is fitting since they just won the Super Bowl yesterday so kind of fitting that that comes full circle so rest in peace to Willie Wood and He's up there with some of the greats now. Just another one of those names that, you know, I, I know I can probably speak for you saying this and myself, that you look at these, like, 1960s teams, and I really don't know who most of these guys are unless they're, like, the big names. But you go in, maybe, like, talk to your dad or your uncle or grandfather or whoever it is, and they're like, oh, heck yeah, Willie Wood, he was so good. Like, they always have all these other stories about him, like – yeah, I always love the story. Like, oh yeah, Willie Wood. And I'm not saying he did this, but like, yeah, he went out the night before the you know the Packers NFC Championship game, and he got into a fight, and then he had a pick six the next day. Like, I love that type of stuff. So, um, that's someone I'll be right as we're getting off recording here, just diving into seeing more about Willie Wood. But um, yeah, just another another name to throw out. Dan and Dan's always working. I mean, he he could be. Yeah, he's got Ebola, and he's still giving us the facts in the Twitter DMs. So um, you can follow me on Twitter as well, uh, at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Uh, connect with all of our Pack-A-Day podcast contributors. Um, we were just closing in, I guess, in a few weeks, episode 600. Um, haven't missed a beat, and it's getting better and better. So uh, thanks for listening. Please retweet, please subscribe, please listen. And as always, Janelle, we end every episode with a cheerful Go Pack pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.